You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. The thing that is evident from our history with Wisconsin is you have to be the team that finishes. You know, we had our opportunities uh, a couple years ago here to finish that game and didn't do it and gave them, them an opportunity with one more drive to get in position to kick a field goal. And then and then we had the ball with a chance to score and win it last year and did not do that. So It's the type of game where as, as a defense, defensive lineman, you're going to get a ton of action. You know, maybe against some of the spread teams, the teams that move the ball around a lot, you don't uh, necessarily see as, as many plays come your way. But, um, you know, a team like Wisconsin is going to definitely run the ball up the middle a lot as you guys I've seen and you know it's something that if you're not ready for it they can definitely exploit you and expose you and it's it's something you just definitely need to be ready for be having a physical week of practice and preparing hard. I say we're pretty confident in, in where we are and where we're going um, and the defense that we want to be and the defense that we will be so it'll, it'll be a good next couple of weeks for us. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker online show Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, it is judgment week, really judgment stretch here for Nebraska football as they embark on a two-game challenge against two top ten opponents that will come to Lincoln for night games. Wisconsin this weekend, Ohio State the following weekend. Uh, Nebraska, we know the history is 46-5 and all-time in home night games. They have a nation-best 20 night games in a row. But I'll tell you what, Jim Delaney is doing everything possible to try to be the streak buster here for Nebraska as this will be as tough of a home stretch, 11 a.m. or night ever, as you're going to see Nebraska play uh, with the rankings of these opponents, Robin, as you kind of look at this as we bring in Robin Washington and Nate Klaus. Yeah, this was kind of the week that we said Nebraska's real season was going to start. You know, I mean, there was a lot of people, myself included, that thought if they could have got by Oregon, um, they very well could have been 5-0 and at this point. But uh, that wasn't going to mean much of anything if they didn't finish strong. And so starting, you know, this week with Wisconsin, then Ohio State comes to town, and then you've got, you know, a grind of, you know, I think three of your next four games are on the road, uh, including one at Penn State, and then you close out versus Iowa. Uh, it's it's a brutal grind. It's going to be a uh, tough November in a lot of different ways for this team. And so um, I'd say more than ever, you know, we knew this was going to be kind of the pivotal game on the schedule going into the year, but with the way things have gone down through the first five weeks, uh, a win here could change the entire dynamic of the season. Uh, but a bad loss could set back all the goodwill you've gained over the last two weeks and kind of put you back uh, into panic mode where you were just a few weeks ago. Yeah, everyone's wanted to talk about the opponents that Nebraska has faced over the last few weeks and um, questioning, okay, well, what have they really looked like or how, how much have they really improved? You know, what's the barometer when you look at who they've faced? Well, this this weekend uh, against Wisconsin and then, of course, with Ohio State coming up next week, I mean, that will be the true gauge of exactly where this team is and, and maybe where they're heading. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out under the lights inside Memorial Stadium when uh, the last handful of meetings between these two teams have been really, really close. And let's look back at, the, at this last stretch. Obviously, uh, the Rutgers win, but particularly Friday night at Illinois, uh, for Nebraska, going on the road on short rest. Illinois had a bye week to get ready for the Huskers, so uh, a lot of things going for them. But I think, guys, for the first time this season, we saw two things happen. Tanner Lee and Bob Diaco show up together in the same game, and I think that is what we envisioned. When this season started, there were two X factors that were going to make this the year that was going to be – you know, Nebraska is going to be better than what people thought because of two things, Tanner Lee at quarterback and Bob Diaco's mind and scheme on defense. And when they finally showed up together, 
it was something to watch. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I mean, Illinois might be the worst team Nebraska plays all season, but like there are other factors involved there. I mean, they had to prep on a short week against a team coming off a bye that you know was scheming up things that you know Nebraska could not prepare for because they couldn't see it on film, uh, and they were able to go and take care of business and close things out in a dominant fashion in the fourth quarter. I mean, uh, I mean that's basically all you can ask for, especially in a road game under those circumstances. So, um, you know, for where this team was after that Northern Illinois game. Um, they were at a legitimate crossroads, uh, and they took the right path. I mean, this thing could have collapsed in a bad, bad way, uh, and then all they responded the right way. Um, you know, Tanner Lee um, has really, you know, that that calm, cool demeanor. I think has really paid off. The fact that he's kind of weathered that storm that he went through and played by far his best game as a Husker at Illinois. But um, the reality is. Saturday night is going to be a completely different animal than anything that he has seen in his college football career. How he handles that environment, I mean, primetime in Memorial Stadium is a beast, not only for the road team, but uh, for players who haven't experienced that um, for Nebraska's too. Uh, so how he handles that environment against that defense, I think will be very telling into what kind of quarterback he actually is. Well, and, and I think that maybe the most important thing heading into this game is the the frame of mind that the, that defense and that Tanner Lee kind of has heading into this game. They have been able to to kind of get right over the last couple of games, especially last week. Um, even though they played a, a very poor Illinois team, I mean, they did about as well as you could ask for it. Didn't give up a touchdown on defense. And Tanner Lee, uh, if not for a handful of drops, would have been darn near perfect. Uh, no turnovers on the night. Uh, very efficient at, at the quarterback position. So, um, you know, confidence on both sides of the football is probably about as good as it has been all season long. Well, this Wisconsin team, guys, as we as we look at this game on Saturday night, Nebraska-Wisconsin, 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Uh, this Wisconsin team, to me, has not been tested. You look at their schedule, and, you know, Florida Atlantic actually gave them a tussle. Uh, BYU is probably the worst BYU team we've seen in 20 years, and they went in there and destroyed them. I think that is the game that really got people's attention. Then, you know, last week they sacked Northwestern eight times, but still their offense looked very pedestrian at times. Pat Fitzgerald was able to light them up a lot and cause some turnovers. And that game went all the way down to the very end, Northwestern Wisconsin. Uh, I'm a little surprised this line is at 11 and a half. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, those guys in the desert obviously know what they're doing, but um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that it's that high. And, and maybe I'll look like a big Kool Aid red drinker right now saying this, but I think Nebraska has a puncher's chance to win this game on Saturday night. I think they definitely have a puncher's chance uh, just because. Uh, Wisconsin's biggest strength offensively plays directly into Nebraska's biggest strength on defense, and that's running the, running the football and then run defense. Uh, teams have not been able to run the ball on Nebraska. I mean, that front seven has played extremely well, especially over the last two weeks, and so that's going to be really interesting. If Wisconsin can't run the ball like they're used to, can uh, Hornibrook go out there and win the game? And no Fumagalli. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's a huge issue in itself, and so Wisconsin's receivers are average at best. Um, yes, Nebraska's secondary has struggled, but um, this is the least of their challenges maybe that they faced all season. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, this really is an interesting thing in that side of the ball, but the, the biggest X factor is can Nebraska not shoot itself in the foot? Um, Wisconsin comes in this game uh, tied for first place in the Big Ten with seven interceptions. Well, they got to generate a running game. Yeah, and, and they also are second in the Big Ten in sacks, especially getting eight last week. So, 
those are the two things Nebraska has struggled with the most all year long is protecting Tanner Lee and then Tanner Lee not buckling under the pressure and making bad plays worse with, uh, you know, throwing balls into pressure. So uh, those are, that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor in my opinion is, you know, can Tanner Lee look more like he did against Illinois and not what we saw earlier in the year, you know, against Northern, or sorry, against Illinois and not what he looked like against Northern Illinois. Yeah, you know, one one takeaway that I had from seeing some of the uh, Northwestern-Wisconsin game was Wisconsin's offensive line seems to be a bit vulnerable, in my opinion. Northwestern was able to, to put some pressure on Hornybrook, and when they did, he was turning the football over. Uh, and I think Nebraska's D-line has, has been playing fairly well and, and uh, will probably try to use some of that, that same mojo, I guess, to try and get after him, especially if their left tackle, Michael Dieter, is in fact out. I'm excited. I'm intrigued. This is going to be interesting guys and we're going to talk about uh, the entire game we'll get you ready with offensive segments defensive segments we'll take your questions in the mailbag and then it's going to be a huge recruiting weekend uh, about 10 official visitors expected Nate Klaus will share his thoughts from that he was also on the road and saw three of Nebraska's 11 total commits in action play uh, we'll get Nate's thoughts from the road as well that's all next here on this week's edition of the Husker online show You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Those guys are disciplined. They do they do their jobs. They play hard. They're relentless guys. So it doesn't matter in there. It's their system and how well coached they are and how disciplined they are and how tough they are and how they play. So relentless guys. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Wash at this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill with five locations in Omaha, two in Lincoln. It is your spot to go before the Husker game, after the high school games here, um, or even uh, watch the Husker game here in NFL Sundays. Tanner Sports Bar and Grill with five locations, best wings around in Omaha, two locations in Lincoln. And that was Mike Cavanaugh, guys, as you heard, um, the, describing the challenge that they have this week. Um, and, and really, I think they are the key position group for Nebraska. How Mike Cavanaugh's offensive line, who has been very suspect this year, matches up with one of the best front sevens in the country, I think is probably the biggest key to this game, Robin. Without question. Nebraska has to be able to run the football, and that starts with the offensive line. Uh, number 1A as of on the importance list is protecting Tanner Lee in pass protection. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's defense is relentless with their pass rush. Um, they have very – even with the guys they've lost over the – I mean, just from last year, uh, they still bring heat. They got eight sacks last week against Northwestern, uh, and they are just known for disrupting passing games. And so um, it starts with being able to run the football efficiently on first and second down, and then it ends with being able to protect Tanner Lee in those passing situations where you have to give him time in the pocket to make a play. Yeah, staying on schedule to me is is so going to be so important this weekend for Nebraska uh, to not make them a one dimensional team. We we've seen what happens when when Nebraska is is relying upon the pass and Tanner Lee has to kind of sit in that pocket, um, you know, and he's not the most mobile guy. And uh, I mean, he has good good pocket awareness, but when he doesn't have an awful lot of time to to make some throws, sometimes it can be difficult. So uh, they're they're going to have to get that ground game going and, and stay ahead of the sticks here. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. As, uh, we talk offensive line, guys, and I think the starting five has really been a topic of discussion. Um, I think most of us agree that Michael Decker will hold down that center job uh, after the last two weeks, but Cole Conrad back, and that's kind of a delicate deal because Conrad has been Cavs' guy 
Um, and Decker has really not been his guy, and he finally got his chance, and he's looked better um, to a lot of onlookers. Um, but the other one is right tackle. Brandon Hymas, the true freshman, has played well the last two weeks. Your only senior on the line, David Neville, is apparently back. Uh, but you get the idea that at least from what we heard late in the week in practice, Hymas still may end up being the guy, and you put a true freshman out there against Wisconsin, that's going to be a matchup to watch. It's a really touchy situation because you mentioned, you know, the lone senior on that offensive line, a guy that had very big goals for himself, and once again for the third year in a row gets a season derailed by injury. And, um, you know, talking with David earlier this week, you know, he just you, he wasn't hiding how excited he was to get back to action this week. I don't even think he thought it was like an yeah. option that he's not the starter. Yeah. So if he does not start, you know he's going to be upset. And, again, that's what makes this kind of a, a sticky deal uh, because, you know, on one hand you have a senior who's, obviously uh, put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for your program over the last five years, but you also have a true freshman who is your tackle of the future, who you've already burned his red shirt, and by the way, has played pretty well the past two weeks. Uh, so, I mean, what uh, what do you do? Do you disrupt the chemistry of a two-game winning streak with the combination you have up front to put a senior back in the lineup? That's that's a really tough decision for a coaching staff, particularly Mike Cavanaugh, because like you said, uh, you know, he's a guy that's loyal to his players, and you know, this is a, a situation where um, either way you go, you're running the risk of upsetting some people. Yeah, I think it's a situation where you have to learn from history. You know, history is, has shown that David Nedville gets hurt and he comes back and gets hurt again and, and is not ever 100% healthy. It's a trust the, factor. Yeah, and, and so I, I feel like if you bring in the, the true freshman, you burn his red shirt, and he's performing pretty well and steadily getting better, uh, then that, you know, more so than to kind of disrupt the, the chemistry that's been created over the past few weeks, uh, kind of, you know, kind of roll with that same starting five there and, and see how it goes. And you know what? If, if Brandon Hymas struggles, then you can bring in the senior off the bench and, and kind of roll with it that way. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This segment brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill with five locations in Omaha, two in Lincoln. And guys, running back is the other real uh, topic of discussion. We pretty much know Trey Bryant's a no-go. We don't know when he'll be back. Mikhail Wilbon, um, you know, nursing this ankle injury. If he plays or what his role will be, that will be something that we really won't know till Saturday night. And then, obviously, Divino Zigbo, two back-to-back 100-yard games after really being a non-factor uh, for about 11 games in a row. And then the true freshman, Jalen Bradley. I mean, that is going to be... Um, a very interesting position to watch here and how that plays out. Yeah, I I think Wilbon, I don't know. I mean, you, you'd think that he would be able to go at least in some capacity, uh, but I there's no way that he's going to get the lion's share of the workload. I mean, I think this is going to be Ozigbo's game uh, because Nebraska needs to be able to run the ball efficiently between the tackles, and that's the best guy, in my opinion, to do that. But uh, Jalen Bradley, in practice, has been getting the most work he's ever gotten in his young career, uh, so they are preparing him uh, to take on the biggest workload yet uh, that, that he's seen. So um, I think that they're preparing themselves for all different situations, but um, I think it will continue to be be uh, a committee approach, but with this time finally Divino Zigbo being the guy that you know gets the bulk of the line carries uh, from the start of the game on. 
And and I think that it, it may set up set up pretty well for Ozigbo to be that guy. You know, this is going to be a very physical football game. Obviously, Divine is is kind of that back for Nebraska. Um, I mean, he's more he's more than a one dimensional power guy. But at the same time, I, I think if you're going to uh, rely on someone to kind of uh, you know carry the workload against a team like Wisconsin, I think it, it's probably going to be Divine that that's out of the running back group here. So, um, and and I guarantee you that he is hungry for this type of game and hungry to show that, that he's the guy and, and can keep doing what he's kind of shown the past couple of weeks. Well, guys, and finally, the other X factor will be Tanner Lee. Can he look like the guy we think he can be? And that was the guy at Illinois that was 17 of 24 that looked like who we saw in August. Can the line protect him enough to get those throws off? He's going to have to put balls in tight windows where receivers are going to get hit. Um, and, and, you know, there are going to be some risks involved. And, you know, really, Tanner Lee, I think this will be as big of a game as he's played in his college career. Without question. And really, uh, you don't want to put too much pressure on one player, but, I mean, he ultimately will be the deciding factor, in my opinion. Yes, Nebraska needs to run the ball, but there is no question they are going to have to have Tanner Lee make big plays and then not make mistakes. Um, you know, that, that was the big issue with him earlier in the year, um, was trying to do too much. You cannot try to do too much against Wisconsin because they will make you pay maybe more so than any team that they're going to face the, the rest of the year. So uh, clean, efficient, smart football is going to be absolutely imperative for Tanner Lee. Uh, I mean, he cannot take risks. He cannot take chances against this Wisconsin defense that has seven interceptions on the year and is as opportunistic as any secondary uh, that he has faced in his career as a college quarterback. Yeah, definitely a very good secondary and really very good defense overall that he's going to be facing. Uh, so to take care of the football is, is definitely paramount. Uh, one thing, though, that, that may work to his advantage is that he's gone up against a 3-4 a four, four defense an awful lot uh, since he's arrived at Nebraska or since this past spring, since Bob Diaco has arrived. So uh, that may help him read some things on Saturday night. Uh, we'll see. All right, when we come back, we're going to shift that discussion over to defense. And uh, will we see Chris Jones? Will we see Joshua Kalu, Marcus Newby? Lots to discuss here on the defense. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Chris is, uh, I don't think it'd matter if it was a week after. <laughs> that dude is so mentally tough. He could look like himself. I can't believe he was hurt, to be honest, just because because he um, he's so positive in the way he works, you know. So, yeah, he looks like, like himself. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, as we talk defensive storylines for Nebraska-Wisconsin. Saturday night game here, 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network, and that was linebacker Luke Gifford talking about the potential of Chris Jones having a role in this game. And I'm just going to stop right there, Rob, but I, there, I don't think there's the potential. I think we are going to see Chris Jones. It's a matter of how much, how many plays. Uh, could it be a Gerald Foster last year deal where they played him the entire game, or will it be a limited package of uh, situations where Chris Jones plays on Saturday. Yeah, you talk to the coaches, they are very, very cautiously optimistic about his progress right now. No one is going to be committal and saying that, yes, this is going to be the week that he comes back. Uh, everybody's just saying, you know, I don't want to put that pressure on him. We're letting him go at his own pace. You know, we're working with the guys that we know we're going to have. 
But you talk to the players, every single one of them say that Chris Jones is back. Uh, that This week in practice when he was finally cleared over the weekend, uh, he, he looks like the guy that um, was arguably Nebraska's best overall NFL prospect going into the year. Uh, and well, you remember when he suffered this injury back in mid-July, uh, he was given a four to six month uh, prognosis on his recovery. And we're barely over three months now. Uh, so, I mean, that is as speedy of a recovery from a meniscus tear that you're going to get. Uh, and so credit to him for busting his butt in the training room uh, and then maybe just credit some genetics too for uh, being able to heal up uh, as fast as he's been able to because, you know, it's one thing um, to be able to run and sprint and, and, you know, do, you know, shorts and T-shirts exercises. It's a whole different animal when you get on the football field, put the pads on. And so far from all the reports we've heard over the you know last few days in practice, uh, he, he's held his own and he looks like his old self. So um, that to me tells me he's going to play. Whether he starts or not, that's a whole different story. Um, they may be a little bit cautious with him and pick their spots of when to play him, maybe limit it to more of a red zone package type deal where they can use his physicality. But uh, I fully expect um, that he will see the field and make his final or finally make his 2017 debut. Yeah, th- this whole deal is crazy. I mean, you go back to fall camp and you know, halfway through fall camp or towards the end of fall camp, it, you saw him out on the practice field, always being active and engaged and, and uh, you know, doing some rehab and stuff. And it was like, boy, is this guy even hurt? You know, I mean, he was moving around really, really well. Um, you know, and fast forward a couple months and, and he's ready to go. I think this thing is going to be much like we saw with, with uh, Gerald Foster last year. I think they're going to roll him out there and say, okay, um, you know, give it a go and, and see how you feel. And if you feel all right, then we're going to, we're going to stick with you. Um, you know, obviously the difference between practicing and actually seeing game action are, are two different things. So we'll see uh, just how confident he is out there on that knee and everything and, and whether or not when he is out there, if Wisconsin tries to test him or, or attack him and go after him. Uh, but I guarantee you that we're going to see Chris Jones, and I think we're going to see quite a bit of him, to be honest with you. And this you. is not a game, guys, where the corners are going to be in space like a spread team. I mean, this is a man's game where – you're going to be mano and mano and a lot of 12 and 22 personnel with two tight ends and a fullback or two running backs. Um, you know, where the cornerback is just going to be on a single receiver. Um, and, and the reads are going to be pretty simple. It's going to be who can win. And Chris Jones, I think, in a red zone situation, particularly where you're not going to have to run a lot. I like his chances. I think he gives Nebraska a better opportunity than some of the guys they had before. Yeah, the real kind of unknown right now is the trust factor. You know, when he's in that live game situation, will he be able to make the cut to break on a ball like he did uh, a year ago when, you know, he was so good with three picks uh, and an honorable, honorable mention all Big Ten selection? I mean, that, that's that's going to be the thing that is really going to decipher how much he actually contributes. You know, it's one thing, like I said, to, to go out there and practice and, and feel good, you know, in half pads or whatnot. It's another thing, you know, when you're under the lights and the adrenaline is flowing and and you go to make that first sharp cut, you plant your foot in the ground, do you trust that knee that, like like I said earlier, you know, it's only been just over three months since that thing was completely torn. And, you know, we were questioning if he was even going to play at all this year. Well, the other thing to keep in mind is is his ability to tackle. 
Nebraska's corners have not tackled particularly well over the past few weeks. And I think that if he can go out there and show that that he's going to be a solid tackler and can make some plays in space um, and be, be you know, sure tackling in, in the open field or off that edge of Wisconsin, uh, they, they might go ahead and roll with him out there. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as uh, we talk defensive storylines going into this Wisconsin game. And the linebacker position should be interesting. Marcus Newby will be back. Uh, Tyron Ferguson available to play. But how about Ben Stilley? I mean, I, I don't know if any of us could have called this one because um, I think we've been so brainwashed in the past. Like once things have happened in August and September, you just didn't see a lot of new movement, new guys. And that's kind of what's been refreshing to me about this defensive staff where they have gone with some new guys. They have given more players chances, and it paid off in a big way uh, to put Ben Stilley out there the last two weeks, and he's kind of almost taken over that cat linebacker spot where I think we're going to see him a ton on Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt, and you have to give all the credit in the world to Ben Stilley. I mean, keep in mind, he spent all spring working strictly as uh, an outside linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then uh, the fan day, you know, they're taking their team photos. He's informed that he's going to be moving to defensive end. <laughs> so, you know, he takes the transition in stride and spends all fall camp working as defensive end. A couple weeks ago, you know, injuries start to mount up uh, on Nebraska's linebacking core. And they say, hey, Ben, you want to move back to linebacker? And he's like, okay. And then all of a sudden he has two straight impact games to where he's named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week last week for his play against Illinois. So, I mean, uh, that dude deserves every bit of the accolades and attention he's gotten this week because uh, he played his butt off. And you know, I know there's a lot of people in this state that are just loving every bit of it, seeing the, the in-state kid uh, who just puts his nose down and, and works harder than anybody on the field get that type of reward for his effort. And I mean, that, that's kind of what this program is all about. And that's kind of as good of a feel-good story as you're going to get. Well, and you, you talk about confidence. I mean, that's kind of been you know a buzzword over the past few weeks is a lot of the defensive coaches have, have talked about you know some younger faces becoming more confident in this defense. And uh, I think there's no question that Ben Stilley kind of fits in that mold, and especially after the, the game that he had against Illinois. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's his confidence has got to be at an all-time high. He's got to be feeling pretty darn comfortable uh, in that that newer position, and uh, and I think that he's going to be playing a pretty large role this week against Wisconsin, especially for his physical and, and as many different things as he can do on the field. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and I, I think this game in general, as we wrap this discussion up, it, it's going to be pretty simple for Nebraska. Can they tackle? Can they put Wisconsin behind the chains and, and put Hornybrook in some high-stress situations. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's a serviceable guy. He's a game manager. Um, I think if Nebraska can put some pressure on this guy, Robin, that's going to be the key to this whole thing. Yeah, put pressure on him. I I think the big point, though, is what you said earlier, is stopping the runs on first and second down. And more importantly, don't let Wisconsin's running backs get to the second level. You know, One of the things they love to do is run those outside zone plays where you have those big old linemen pulling to the outside. And if they can seal the edge, Wisconsin have running has running backs that can take it to the house as soon as they hit that crease. So, I mean, that is going to be huge. And it goes back to what Nate was saying earlier with the cornerbacks and defensive backs and their tackling. They cannot 
missed tackles because if they do, Wisconsin's backs will take it to the house. So, I mean, that, that, that that's as big as anything, but it starts with stopping the run and then making Alex Hornibrook beat you and those wide receivers beat you because if they get into that situation, I love Nebraska's chances. Yeah, I really do too. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, obviously this is going to be a slugfest. This is going to be kind of a, a throwback Big Ten style type of game um, that is very, very physical. So if Nebraska can slow down the run, because I don't think they're going to stop it completely, but if they can slow it down and then get after Hornibrook because they are susceptible to that uh, and he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have his security blanket in uh, Troy Fumagalli that they're all conference tied in right now. So um, I, I think that could be, you know, playing to Nebraska's advantage definitely there. All right, when we come back, we're going to take your questions in the mailbag. Lots of topics to talk about as we get ready for Wisconsin. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. He's handling as as well as can be expected, I believe. You know, he's he's got a strong mind. Uh, he's a strong-willed young man. He continues to, to rehab and and uh, do everything that he can in his power to, to get back. And he's uh, he's believing he'll be able to get back and play. And so we look forward to the day he can. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Wash at Nate Klaus, and Husker Online intern David Eichel as we begin the mailbag. That was running backs coach Reggie Davis, by the way. I asked him this week, how is Trey Bryant handling things after that hot start, two back-to-back 100-yard games, and then he's battled this knee injury that really we don't have any answers on, and it still remains to be seen really when or if we will see Bryant. But let's get to the mailbag. Lots of good questions this week, David. Staying on Trey Bryant, uh, when do you think a decision could be made if a medical redshirt could be applied to him, or do you think they're going to try to play him if he's 100%? Yeah, I don't know all the logistics of that. Obviously, he's only played in the first two games, and you know, I, I think it, it's three or four. Nate might know better, but uh, you know, it's a certain percentage of your games, and he's definitely under that. He's not used his redshirt, and that's the difference um, between a six-year hardship and then a traditional red shirt. Since he's not used his traditional red shirt, it would be a slam dunk deal. It's just a matter of if, if he truly is going to try to come back or not. Yeah, you wouldn't file for a medical red shirt right now. That would be something that, um, you know, if he didn't play any further this year, um, you know, they, they would eventually file for that towards the end of his, of his eligibility instead of uh, trying to do it right away. Well, this no, this would be a traditional like um, you can. I mean, so the fact that he hasn't actually done a red shirt, he would get that red shirt this year. It's the six year red shirt that you have to wait until Correct. all of your eligibility is up. So uh, a little bit different, and, and he we would know right away in, in the case of him if he were to get that. Uh, if Chris Jones and Clue are back for Wisconsin, what's the defensive backfield arrangement and scheme we'll see? And who starts? And will they play the full load or go easy? It's a hell of a poker hand right now that we don't know the answer to. Uh, I think they're really being secretive of that. I didn't catch Dante Williams this week in practice, but it's so a wait-and-see approach um, because I think there's some X factors. Kyron Williams, not Kyron Williams, but um, Antonio Reed, what do you do with him? He's played so well. Um, and then, you know, could Kalu go back down the corner? I mean, you've heard that theory, uh, not by any coaches, but just a fan theory. Um, and, you know, I think Chris is going to play. I really do, Robin, when you when you look at this right now. I don't know if he starts, but, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, all signs are pointing to him 
uh, making his return this week. And so that would not be a surprise at all. As for Kalu, um, I expect him to be the starting safety on Saturday night. Um, I mean, I, from what we've seen, um, he's been working with the number one defense. And so, I mean, this was kind of the week that, um, you know, he, he may have been able to play last week, but, you know, they, they were cautious with a lot of guys um, that were kind of in that tweener mode of coming back from injuries. And so I think this is the week that they wanted to save uh, a lot of players and make sure they were ready to go for this week. So I expect Kalu to be back in the starting lineup and Chris Jones to play in some capacity. Starting, we'll see, but he will see the field. Yeah, I agree. I think they both play. You know, it was interesting. Dante Williams was kind of downplaying Chris Jones being back. And I don't know if that was because he didn't want to put too much expectations on him or if he wanted to try and keep this thing under the radar as, as much as possible and, and kind of downplay the fact that he might even see the field at all. Uh, but the bottom line, I think, is that having both these guys back gives your back end of the defense a lot of flexibility there. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. We're taking your questions here in the mailbag with David Eichel. If you're advising Bob Diaco for this game, what two things would you tell him that the defense needs to key on the most? Tackling. Um, I, I think when you look at Nebraska's games the last couple of years, they have been in position to stop Wisconsin, um, but they have missed tackles where they've had the guy stop for no gain or for a loss that have turned into huge runs, and that's what Wisconsin does. They will pound you and pound you and pound you, and then eventually you fall, you falter. And Nebraska has been that team the last two go-arounds. And then the other thing with Diaco, um, I, I think you got to be aggressive. I, I think you have to try to light up Hornibrook and force his hand. I'm going to go with eye discipline. And what I mean by that is not getting sucked too far into playing the run and getting beat deep on a play-action pass. How many times have we seen Wisconsin capitalize on that uh, over the past two years? Um, you know, whether, whether it be a tight end like Fumagalli or – you know, a receiver like Jazz Peavy, somebody like that who gets, you know, one-on-one -on -one coverage and is able to make a big play to shift the momentum and field position. So uh, don't get caught in, you know, those sneaky play-action plays because that's like basically how Wisconsin's offense operates. That's high level, Robin. I, mean, I thought you were going to say gap integrity. Gap integrity. <laughs> Twisty things. Twisty things. <laughs> Now, I'm going to say turnovers. Uh, do whatever it takes to try and cause some turnovers here because I, I feel like um, whoever wins that battle, that portion of the game, probably has the upper hand of, of winning the overall game. And, um, you know, we, like I mentioned, uh, we saw Hornibrook, you know, throw a couple picks against Northwestern. So we'll see if Nebraska can put some pressure on him. Will Riley's career success at knocking off top 10 teams help on Saturday? And why do you think he has had it? Um, I don't know if it, if that plays in. I, th I think being at home at night's going to help. I, I just think the atmosphere, people don't know. I mean, it is a freaking hard place to play at night, especially when the stage is real. Yeah, there can be some dud night games like Wyoming, Arkansas State over the years. But when it's a legit stage, Husker fans are hungry to get back on that stage, and they will will this team and we've seen it over the years. Ohio State had Nebraska dead in the water, and Nebraska came back and won that game off just one momentum play. And that's the difference with these home night games is the crowd can just grab on a certain play or two, and that flips everything. And I don't know if that's going to happen here Saturday night, but I think that's going to play a factor more than Riley's past history uh, with winning some games like this. Well, take a look at that history, though. In his 17 seasons as a college head coach, he has 16 wins over ranked teams. So uh, the odds are... As an unranked team, right? Or is it... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the odds are that, I mean, that's, that's setting up at some point. He's getting one a year. In fact, he's got one the last two years against 
against Michigan State and Oregon. So um, uh, at some point, you know, there, there's probably a good chance it happens. And like we said, um, with the way that this game matches up, it would not surprise me if Nebraska pulls the upset. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that you can't ignore his history against top ten uh, teams. You know, however that however he prepares his teams heading into these types of games, obviously, um, you know, works at least part of the time. So uh, that's definitely something to pay attention to. But uh, much to Sean's point, I, I think just the Memorial Stadium magic at night is is definitely something that Nebraska is going to have on their sides too. What matchup are you most looking forward to on Saturday? Um. I want to see Nebraska's front in action, and I just want to see how physical and nasty the Davis Twins and Mick Stoltenberg and those guys can get because we've seen it this year, and this is a game that they're going to be tested. And uh, to see how they react with the crowd behind them in a game like this, that's what I'm excited to watch the most. I'm going to go Tanner Lee versus Wisconsin secondary. I mean, this is a, a defensive backfield that thrives on capitalizing on mistakes. Tanner Lee has been prone to mistakes. So uh, will that come into play? And will that be the deciding X factor that once again shifts a, a game in an opponent's favor? I mean, I, I feel good about the way Tanner Lee played last week. And I think that that continues far more than what we saw earlier. But um, he has to play clean football for Nebraska to win this game. I'm going to go with Divino Zigbo. Uh, you've got Trey Bryant out. You have Mikel Wilbon banged up with an ankle. So uh, the workload rushing-wise is squarely on Divine's shoulders, in my opinion. And, and I think for Nebraska to win this game, he's going to have to to find some creases and be productive. All right, we got time for one quick one. Uh, we got about 30 or 40 seconds. If the Husker Online staff was a college football coaching staff, who would be who on the staff? <laughs> Like as in like offensive coordinator, yeah, defensive coordinator. Be? Who on the Husker Online staff would be what? I guess I got to be the head coach, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd put I'd put Nate as uh, Todd McShane. Todd McShane, recruiting coordinator. Yep. Okay. What am I? You're Langsdorf. Yeah. Langsdorf. I mean, yeah. Dude, Langsdorf loves Robin. If anyone doesn't know this, like. Robin and Langsdorf have this weird New York Giants deal going on. <laughs> we bonded ever since the first day. I was wearing it like a Giants hat or something like that. And, and he was like, hey, Andy Kenny I know that team. He brought this up. He goes, Robin gets like by far the best answers from Langsdorf. He just likes. So Robin is Langsdorf. Yeah. Nate, I'm trying to think who Nate would be. <laughs> well, I'm the recruiting coordinator. And then from there. Boy, I don't know. Probably he's basically the Keith Williams of our yeah, staff. Yeah, probably yeah, probably the Keith Williams. So wide receivers or, or savage professionalism. Yeah, yeah. I mean maybe uh, maybe a running back coach or DB coach. So, someone that brings <laughs> the energy, uh, but is yet that kind of. I'll be the O line coach. <laughs> right. He's got he's got the swag of Dante and Keith, but the intensity of John Perella. When we come back, we're, we're going to close the show. We're going to talk recruiting 10 visitors in town. Uh, we'll get Nate's thoughts on that and all the games and kids he watched last weekend. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. So we will just continue to basically build that relationship. It's always great to have them here. It's always great for them to be reminded of what a game at Nebraska is like. Uh, so to be involved in a game weekend for any recruit, no matter how many times he's been here, is always special. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was head coach Mike Riley uh, discussing the recruiting weekend that lies ahead and kind of his approach uh, through everything that's kind of gone on the last couple of weeks 
uh, with the recruiting class and, and the relationships and, and things like that. Uh, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we wrap up today's show, as Nebraska gets ready uh, for Wisconsin Saturday night here at 7 o'clock. Nate, first of all, before we get into the recruiting weekend, you were on the road. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we have a lot of recruiting to cover, but you went on the road. You, you, you saw Tate Wildeman and Boulder on uh, Thursday night. On Friday night, you were in Scott's Bluff to watch uh, one of the games of the night around the state of Nebraska, uh, Garrett Nelson from Scotts Bluff, Nebraska 2019 commit. And then you flew to Tampa uh, to see Bookie Radley Hiles and a number of other key guys play uh, against Miami Northwestern. How was the trip? Well, the trip was you know, physically a little taxing. It was some early morning. Other than your some, daughter getting some, the flu. And... Yeah, boy, I came home to the flu, and it's been kind of a long week. But, um, it, I mean, I was really thoroughly impressed with everybody that I saw. You know, a lot of times when you can see somebody in person, um, there's, you know, certain kids can kind of, you know, blend into – whatever else is going on and, and only have one or two plays where they kind of flash. But each and every one of these guys really had standout performances and were exactly the type of guys that we thought they were heading into this. And and the other thing about it is that all of these guys are supremely confident. They play with passion. They absolutely love Nebraska. Um, and, and there's a ton of other superlatives that I could put on these players. But I'll be honest with you, um, I'm really excited about all these guys and have a you know I've been able to see Buki Radley Hiles several times now and he lived up to the expectations but after seeing Garrett Nelson in person uh, for the I first love time, Garrett Nelson he's he I mean, he is the epitome of a Nebraska kid I mean when you we asked him what it was you know what it was like being committed to Nebraska what it meant to him he literally got emotional he got tears in his eyes talking about uh, his love for Nebraska how many old guys in the car right now are just going yeah oh my yeah but and seriously hearing him talk about how you know what it means to to be a Nebraska commit it almost gives you goosebumps you know hearing him talk about it I mean he is a leader and he's a guy that you will never have to question his type of effort or his heart or love for the program or how hard he's going to work and then Tate Wildeman holy cow this kid is a legit 6'6 250 pounds uh, plays with a motor uh, has has great you know great um, technique already uh he is going to be a monster once he gets to college, and I think he fits that defensive end position perfectly for what Bob Diaco and John Perella like uh, and what they want to see. But who knows what he ends up growing into? Um, you know, I, I I think that he kind of reminds me of a Mick Stoltenberg in high school, maybe a little bit more athletic version of a Mick Stoltenberg. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show as we get you ready now for the recruiting weekend, Nate and. Um, give or take 10 official visitors will be here in town. Uh, a lot of guys to cover here. So I just want to do it like this. Give me the number one thing you are you are going to be watching closely with the number of visitors here in town. Well, yeah, I think right now you can expect probably 11 guys to be in town, and it's going to be a good mixture between uncommitted or, you know, Nebraska commits and then players that are either committed to other schools or uncommitted at this point. And I think you have to start with Micah Parsons, the five-star outside linebacker prospect out of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's going to be his second trip to Lincoln, the first time that his parents are with him on the visit. So that 
is that's kind of the the key to this whole deal, and oftentimes is to get the parents on campus. So, um, you know, I, I think at this point, Penn State probably has the upper hand or is right in the mix. Ohio State is also right there too. But a good visit this weekend uh, could go a very long way in helping to uh, to have Nebraska eventually land his commitment. And a guy like Buki has been recruiting him extremely hard. Uh, so that's that's probably the the most important target of the weekend as far as uncommitted players uh but out of the 11 guys i I you know you're gonna have seven or eight players that are four star or higher ranked guys so extremely talented weekend um you know maybe a player that's a little under the radar is Tommy Bush, a four-star wide receiver out of Texas, who's 6'5", 200 pounds, is one of the top 200-meter uh, sprinters in the state, uh, and is would, would be immediately completely different than anything that Nebraska currently has on our roster. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy that maybe fly, is flying a little under the radar, um, even though he's a, still a four-star prospect and has offers from pretty much everybody. Um, but the key with him is the fact that uh, he comes from a military family. He's lived all over the country. He's lived um, overseas. So he really doesn't have a place that he calls home. A lot of times, Nebraska, the biggest hurdle is distance from home. Well, this guy really doesn't have a home. He wants to go to a place where he's going to be developed and is going to play, uh, be able to get an education uh, and have good academic support and be able to possibly, um, you know, have a good chance of playing at the next level. And, and I think Nebraska stands a really good shot with him. Um, and then it's the IMG connection. Uh, you've got Brian Hightower, the four-star wide receiver, top 100 kid that's committed to Miami. You've got TJ Pledger, the four-star uh, top 100 running back that's committed to Oklahoma right now. Both these guys uh, have visited Nebraska before. They're coming back with a game, you know, for a game day atmosphere to be able to experience what that is like. Uh, parents are going to be with them, and so I think that's a big deal. You've got Buki Redley Hiles who are, you know, he's friends with these guys for a very long time, plus teammates with him still at IMG Academy. Um, so I, I'm telling you, if the, the stars align and this weekend goes as well as possible in terms of having one heck of a showing on the field, having a great atmosphere, um, and, and all these recruits enjoying their time, I think that at the end of the day, this could be you know, a weekend where you look back when the ink is dry on those letter of intents and you could say, you know what, that was maybe the turning point in this year's recruiting class. Nate, when you look at this weekend, just compared to other uh, big recruiting weekends. How does this one rank in, in your all-time list? Because really, you've been a part of every single big weekend when Nebraska's really put together weekends like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they... It's just top three or four. Yeah, it's, it's definitely top five and probably a, a top three weekend. Uh, when you look back at at some of the weekends that Nebraska has had uh, over the last you know fifteen years or, or so, hell, the spring game would be up there this past well, year, right? Yeah, the spring game I think would probably be tops on that list if you want to include um, you know visits that were not official visits. So, uh, but as far as official visits, I, I think this you know probably. Is a you know top three visit weekend. Uh, you've got you know if you average out all the stars that are going to be on campus, you've, you average out at, at probably a, a, you know a, a 
low to mid four star type of of, of player. Um, you've got a great mixture of commits and non commits on campus, which is always nice. Anytime you get this many uh, talented players together at one time, the conversation at one point or another always kind of turns to, "Hey, what if we all came here? What what could we accomplish if we all came here together um, and, and played on this team together?" And and I think that's the the always the key part of of all these types of big visit weekends is the camaraderie that's built amongst all these guys and and uh, you know kind of seeing seeing that that bond created. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how things unfold from this weekend. Well, it's going to be an interesting two weeks, both on the field, off the field. We'll have full coverage on HuskerOnline.com of Nebraska's game with Wisconsin. And obviously, Nate, Mike Batia, Brian Munson, Greg Peterson, our entire recruiting team uh, will keep you abreast on everything that develops this weekend here in the recruiting world as Nebraska hosting uh, over 10 official visitors in Lincoln. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.